Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking to author... Bobby Rebel about her new book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. She has put together this book of over 30 financial role models, including people like Tony Robbins, Kevin O'Leary, uh, Drew Barrymore, Jim Cramer, a ton of amazing people, including myself, actually, offering some advice in this great book. It's all about proven advice from these high achievers on how to live your dreams and how to have financial freedom, right? And that's really why we're all listening. We all want to know how to be financial grown-ups. So I sat down with Bobby. We talked about the book. We talked about some of the stories. And we talked about this awesome campaign that she's running for the book's launch. And listen, I really want you guys to participate in this because this is a way that we can give back and we can give back to people who aren't learning about financial literacy. And if you know anything about me, you know that I'm so super passionate about financial literacy and about making sure that everybody understands at least these basic principles of money management. So here's what I need you to do. After you listen to the interview, I want you to go over to Amazon, buy the book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. It's on sale on Amazon right now. It's under 18 bucks. I think it's 17.33 the last time I looked. It's a steal for all of the great advice that's in this book. Once you get the book, 
I want you to forward the email receipt over to donorschoose at financialgrownup.com. And what that gets you is an $18 gift code that you can go on to donorschoose.org backslash financialgrownup and support actually a classroom financial literacy project. There are projects all over the U.S., and this is a way for you to help those younger than us, those that are in elementary school, that are in high school, you know, really be able to learn about financial literacy so that, you know, when they get to be in their 20s and 30s, like, they've already got some of this stuff down, all right? So listen to this awesome interview, and then head on over to Amazon, buy the book, go on over to Donors Choose, and let's all give back and let's all come up with some great ways to fund these financial literacy projects. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I am so super excited to talk about your new book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And I know all the listeners are going to be listening very carefully so that we can all learn how to do this. Thank you so much for having me, Shauna. I'm so excited. And you are leaving out the big headline. You buried the headline. You are a part of this book. You are one of my featured experts. And I was so honored to have you as part of this exciting project. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Um, I always try to be a, a, a wee bit humble, but um, yeah, it was so exciting. You know, I, I've I've known you now for I think about a year, year and a half, and um, I just I love the idea of this book. Uh, tell me a little bit about kind of how you conceived the the idea for this book, and and what is it about. The book is about, well, the title says it all. It's how to be a financial grown-up. These are the basic things that you need to know if you are moving into different phases of life, life most often, moving maybe out of your parents' house, graduating from college, moving into a, a new life phase, if you are getting married, if you are having children. Even if you are moving into retirement, I've discovered those people want to know more information about different ways to change and focus, renew your focus on money and learn what are the important things that you need to be paying attention to and how do you execute? Yeah, that's, I mean, well, that's what everyone needs to know, right? <laughs> right. So so I, I wanted to find a way to get people's attention because as we've discussed before, the truth is there is so much information on the internet and yet it is just not getting through to people. So I thought, well, here I am. I'm a reporter at Reuters, the biggest news provider in the world. I've met so many incredible people over the years. I can access these amazing experts and get their advice. And so what I did is I made a wish list and I, Tony Robbins, I remember was number one. And he ended up, of course, graciously being in the book and writing the forward. And I went from there and I spent about a year, I would say, cultivating um, a list and going after these people and asking them just two simple questions. What was your financial grown-up moment? And what is your advice? And the answers, I was very afraid that I would get the same answer from everybody. Like, oh, well, I just, I ran up a big credit card bill and then I was buried in credit card debt and it was a disaster and here's how I got out of it. Right. But no, what, well, we did get one. We did get one. Um, Heather Thompson from the Real Housewives of New York City has a credit card story that has a little bit of that in there. There's a, it's, there's some variety, so you got to check that out. But they were all so different, Shauna. It was incredible. Yeah, that's really like, I think... It's really awesome to hear too, because everybody thinks that, you know, these celebrities or, you know, the CEOs of companies that they've never, um, 
that they've never had to struggle or that there's never been any conflict, you know, when it comes to money. I mean, you see people, you see celebrities on TV and you just think, oh, they just have it so easy, right? The money rolls in. They automatically have all of these amazing, um, uh, they make all these amazing financial decisions and everything looks so glamorous. I think it's really cool to to hear personal stories from people. I think it makes everyone more relatable, um, especially when totally. we're talking about like a celebrity, you know, that, that seems so yes. touchable. Exactly. Well, and the perfect example for that would be Drew Barrymore, who is one of my favorite actresses. I've always adored her. I adore her movies with Adam Sandler, especially. And I did have a chance to meet her and talk to her about her financial grown-up moment. And she talks about a time when she got advice from Steven Spielberg, of all people, at age seven, right when <laughs> E.T. was coming out. And I'm not going to tell everybody this story because I want you guys to buy the book, but it's a really good one. So that was really special. And I will also give you a second plug for Drew because I did not read her book, um, Wildflower, before I interviewed her. I have now read it. Uh, there's a link to it. If you go to bobbyrebell.com and bookshelf, you can see it right there. Um, it is an incredible story. All of my assumptions about Drew Barrymore were wrong. She is what she grew up with, what she created for her life. I always assumed because people say, oh, she's the granddaughter of John Barrymore, that she grew up with everything handed to her and was just a wild child right. when we saw those years of her partying with her mom. Um, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, she was a struggling, she had a struggling single mom who um, she talks about her mom's flaws and and Drew really had to pull it together for both of them. She was a uh, emancipated teen. She got, I think the term is she had an emancipation, something like that, when she was about 14 years old. She was working in, you know, regular jobs, trying to pull her life together. And she really created her life herself. Nothing was handed to her. And I am so impressed, even more impressed with what I see from her between her wine business, her studio business, Flower Films, and her beauty business, which is at Walmart, Flower Beauty. And I think it's expanding beyond that. That's actually what I originally had been talking to her about. Um, it's incredible what she's built. So it looks very glamorous and easy on the outside. But the truth is most success stories require a ton of hard work. And the work that went on from Drew Barrymore behind the scenes all those years is paying off for her now. But it is hard work. And I think also, you know, failure is, and it's not failure, but it's, you know, especially when you're dealing with an entrepreneur or, you know, somebody like a Drew Barrymore. I mean, she probably had, you know, 50 different business ideas and, you know, some of them work and some of them don't work. And I think that's what's so important, you know, especially to the listeners that are younger, that are maybe, you know, in their twenties is that, you know, not everything's going to work out. Um, but you got to keep, you got to keep trying. You got to keep, you know, plowing for, you got to keep looking for answers. You got to keep, you know, listening to reading books, listening to podcasts, all sorts of different bits of information, you know, to really kind of help you on your, not just your financial journey, but really your life journey. Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest things that I learned in the process of writing this book is that you have to talk to people and reach out to whomever you believe is your role model and have the courage to ask because most often they are not asked by that many people and many people will be very happy to help you if you just reach out, ask them, do you have a moment to just, you know, talk to me on the phone? Would you meet for coffee? Would you meet for lunch? The number of coffees that I've had over the last year or so getting advice for just putting together this book has been incredible. People are so generous and helpful. Um, and you just have to ask. Yeah, that's, that's the important thing. Ask. That's such a good tip. I can't tell you how many times over my career I've used the words, can I pick your brain? 
Totally. You know, and, and you're right. I mean, most people are, most people love to talk about themselves anyway. Um, but you know, most people just genuinely love to help. Of course, you're going to meet those people who don't, but that's fine. Um, but it all starts with the question. It's like you putting, you know, Tony Robbins is number one on your list. And, you know, not only is he in the book, but he also wrote the forward. Right. I was so, I remember being so nervous to ask Tony Robbins to be in the book. You know, he was someone that I was able to be interviewing through my role at Reuters and had, you know, had, had, was chatting with him, gotten to know him a little bit. And I said, well, you know, I have this book project. How do you feel about being in it? I told him, I said, I really want to spread the word about financial literacy. It's a huge problem in this country. It will just take a couple minutes of your time. I'll record your answer right on my little iPhone. And he is, his face lit up. He was so excited to participate. He couldn't have been more supportive of the project, obviously. And he shared a wonderful anecdote that I look forward to your uh, listeners seeing. It's a good one. So what what do you think makes Tony Robbins like so, I mean, he just has this like spark about him. What do you think it is? Well, I think to some degree, it's just Tony Robbins. You know, some people are just born with that it factor. I can tell you that in my life, I've always followed him and I would listen to him. I'm a big audio books and podcast person. Um, and I remember hearing in my head when I was doing this project to start before I even had asked Tony to be in the project thinking, okay, Tony would say, you need to decide, just decide to do this because a lot of people had their doubts. They thought that this was a great idea for a book, but how was I going to pull it off? Because celebrities and you know CEOs, they're not going to talk about their personal financial situations. Sure. They'll talk about the balance sheets for their companies, but they're not going to tell you anything intimate or personal. And let me tell you, Shauna, these stories <laughs> Oh my, I mean, there's a story, and this is a teaser because I'm not going to say who, whose story this is. There is a story. There's a little sex scandal here. Okay. Ooh, somebody somebody scandal, catches right. their husband cheating Ooh. and wrote about it in this book. I could, they were very brave. They're awesome. And reading about that and the financial implications of infidelity is a big deal. Yeah, it's it's a huge deal. And it's it's very prevalent in a ton of relationships. I mean, I know I talk about it a lot. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's personal finance is already the scary topic. You know, I would say this isn't something that we sit down at dinner time and talk about with our friends, but we should, you know, there we sh- totally should, there should and, and- be this, this, uh, this just honesty about, Hey, you know, I, this is where I'm at, or this is what I'm struggling with, or, you know, or, or this is the great, you know, progress and achievement I made. And I, I think that if we could just like tear down that wall, you know, with, with personal finance and it would, it would strengthen so many things. I mean, relationships and companies and gosh, just everything I think would really enhance if we all could just be a little bit more open. And I think that's, what's so great about having these high profile people share these personal stories is you're like, man, they went through it or they, they conquered this or, you know, whatever it may be. And I can do that. Exactly. I mean, the stories were so relatable and I was so thrilled that people were so candid and open and sharing for my readers. Um, and you, I have to plug you there because you were just talking about friendships and talking to your friends about personal finance because that's really a minefield. And that's the chapter that you really weighed in on is how to manage um, the different incomes of your friends and you and what to do with social situations. It is very tricky. Yeah, it's it's not easy, you know, and I think... I, you know, with women, we have kind of this, you know, added layer of complexity because, you know, we love to talk. We love to gossip with our friends. Um, and we also love to compare. 
you know, um, she's doing this, she's got this car, she's got this handbag, she's got, you know, whatever it may be. And it can be really isolating for people. Um, you know, in, in, especially when we're talking about like relationships, you know, it gets so murky when we're dealing with, you know, whether it's, you know, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or your husband, wife, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I mean, I always say like the two ticking dime bombs are sex and money, (laughs) you know? So true. And, uh, you know, if we just could learn to have a more of an open conversation, we would all see that we're all more alike than we are not, you know? And I think that's what I think the readers are really going to take away. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we're all on the same team. One of the things that I found is that often your friends may not understand your financial situation. So for example, you might have a friend that sets up a group dinner and she might choose a very expensive, trendy restaurant just because that's where she wanted to go and not really think about the fact that maybe you or someone else in the group cannot afford it. And that can become a very sticky situation. Yeah. And you feel, then you start to feel shame and guilt and all those sorts of things when you, you know, on one hand, you want to be able to say, Hey, I can't afford it. But, you know, on the other hand, if you go along with it, then, you know, maybe you're, you're, you know, you're in your credit card debt or you're using your savings or whatever it may be. And so I think there's a lot of shame and guilt that come up. Whereas if we could just be honest and say, hey, you know, this is awesome, but, you know, maybe I can just come for a drink or appetizer or I can't afford that, you know. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, most people would be very happy to change their plans. I mean, I have a long running book club that I really enjoy and we go to, you know, normal sized restaurants, normal price restaurants, basically mid price restaurants. And we tend to share our entrees and it's really great because we get out of there for a much better price per person. Everyone's kind of on a budget. We're moms out, you know, for our mom's night out once a month. And it's really great because it always makes it affordable and people are sensitive and we don't, we're not being hurt in any way. Everyone has a great time. We're all together and that's what matters. And by the way, we still have a great meal. We're just, you know, eating less, which is also less calories. (laughs) Most things, by the way, most ways to save money on food also involve fewer calories. If you get a regular coffee instead of a latte, you're also saving a ton of calories. Yeah. There's always, it's important. There's always a win-win there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And even if, you know, I always like challenge people to think of things this way. Like even if you can afford the, the, the fancy, you know, uh, dinner, like why would you choose to do that? If there's like another alternative, I could tell you 10 other things to do with that same hundred bucks that you would have spent, you know, go have a good, go share. Yeah. Go share a meal with your friends or with, you know, your spouse or whoever it may be and do something else with, you know, with the rest of that money. Right. And very often, you know, that friend that's that's making the reservations at that super trendy restaurant, they're probably the one in massive credit card right. debt trying to trying to make themselves look like something they're not. So, you know, maybe it's an out for them if you, you know, say to them, Hey, I heard this other restaurant's really good. I'll make the reservation for everybody. Don't worry, you don't have to do anything. I'll even cancel the reservation at the other place for you. So you don't have to do anything and this is gonna be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Take charge. Right? Just yeah. be that alpha friend. Sell the positive. Totally sell the positive. And also one of the big tips in my book that I think is really important is dealing with those, I call them financial frenemies, those people that spend money, your money without your okay. In other words, they will rope you into a group gift and suddenly the price changes or they'll set up a group dinner and suddenly, you know, I've had people even before I even arrive at dinner order these massive, you know, seafood tiered platters and they're all eating away or they're done with it and they've got this fancy bottles of wine going and suddenly I haven't had a bite to eat and I'm in for 50 bucks. That's so wrong. Right? Exactly. And yet it happens all the time. All the time. You have to control that. That's right. So let's talk about your, I know you are as passionate as I am about financial literacy 
about the statistics in this country, you know, especially about millennials and young people growing up who who aren't learning anything about money. They're not taught in school. They're not taught in college. You know, and they're they're rolling out with massive credit card debt. Um, into a you know economy job economy that maybe isn't you know as robust as it has been in the past. What kind of um, spurs on your passion about financial literacy? What is it about it that you know makes you so enthusiastic and made this project so exciting for you? Well, it, it, because unfortunately, uh, it's it's a crisis right now. I mean, we have an election going on and we're not even talking about it, which is very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Right now, only 17 states require students to take a high school course in personal finance. That's, by the way, according to the Council for Economic Education. We're just, it's just not even on the radar. It just, I mean, we're just it not breaks even my, It breaks my heart. It does break my heart. You know, I teach two financial literacy courses that I created at a university out here in Los Angeles, and I have beg them, please, like, let me create at least just a one credit financial literacy course. It could be online. I don't care. But make every student have to go through this. Just even the simple concepts of budgeting and saving, um, paying off debt, you know, even just those little things. And it's, you know, you get the runaround and it's just really disheartening. Yeah, I mean, and and so so they're not getting it at school. And by the way, the teachers aren't even really feeling like they're prepared to teach it. That same study by the Council for Economic Education found that fewer than twenty percent of teachers even feel competent to teach personal finance topics. Wow! So we need to teach the teachers, and then the students—they're not even getting it at home because seventy-two percent of parents say there's some reluctance to talk about their kids about financial matters. That's that's seventy-two percent. I mean, that's that's the vast majority. So. So where are where are these young people going to get this information? It becomes very difficult. So I really wanted to find a book that they would read and to give, by the way, teachers and parents a tool. They can hand them this this book and say, hey, get started. And it's a really fun book. It's very compelling. And my background is, you know, I'm a TV reporter. Right. And I turn that into a strength because this book is written by a TV reporter, guys. It is easily digestible bites. You can read for three minutes at a time or you could digest the whole book in a couple of hours probably. Um, it is full of real actionable information, but it is presented in a way that is easy to read. You should, if you're thinking of reading People Magazine or Us Magazine, which I love, I love all those things, read this instead. (laughs) Just as fun, just as cool. There's even pictures. Uh, And even if you just pull out, you know, a few little nuggets here and there, you know, and come back and reread it. And I think books like this, you know, they can sit on your bookshelf and you can come back to them at different life phases and, you know, be able to pick out new things and learn new things. And and like you said, like a really digestible, easy way that isn't like, you know, you aren't memorizing terms or anything, you know, crazy like that. No, and absolutely not. And you don't even have to take notes because it's all on my website, bobbyrebell.com. I have a resources list. So you can go through all the different companies, any apps that I mentioned, like one of my favorite ones. I don't know if you use this one. It's called Honey. It's like an add-on that gives you like coupon codes as you're checking out of websites. Yeah. all of all of that, it's all on there. And by the way, um, none, nobody pays to be on my resource list. I don't pay anyone. Nobody pays me. These are all just my genuine recommendations, just so you guys know that. Um, and I, I think it's a great resource for people. Um, you can just read little nuggets. And also, I think while we're talking about that, you know, you had mentioned that that nobody got paid to write this write for this book either. You know, they are giving their their tips their financial grown up moments they're sharing just out of you know the goodness of their heart these are their stories and they want to get them out there to people right the enthusiasm was so 
amazing and wonderful. I remember receiving an email. And by the way, this was well before her father was running for office because as you know, books take a really long time to write. But Ivanka Trump, um, we have a mutual friend who had suggested I reach out to her and she wrote back right away. Um, and I remember getting an email from her, I think at like one forty-seven in the morning and <laughs> mom's out there. You can relate to that. She had two kids and one on the way. Um, writing back to me at one in the morning when she had time and just saying, this is a wonderful idea. I am so honored to participate. Thank you so much for thinking of me. This is such an important topic. And you know, that was Ivanka Trump. I mean, she's pretty busy. She's got a lot going on, but this is a priority even for her. And I think that's really symbolic of the way the role models and the experts like you, Shauna, um, really reacted to my request to be in this book. It was incredible. So how many, um, how many role models are actually featured in the book? There are 30, um, including myself. Wow. Well, um, I, I tell yes. a story. I tell a story about my real estate ventures, which really is the way that I can afford to live in New York City on a journalist salary. I am married. I do have a husband with income, um, and he is the primary breadwinner. I will give him props for that, just so he knows. Because um, some people think um, journalism maybe pays more than it does. Right. Um, but but the heart of, of why we can afford to live in New York City is because we own our apartment. Um, and we own our apartment. You can read my story of how I got started. But early on in life, I decided not to be a renter. And um, I bought into a falling market, which is very scary to do. I bought a small studio. Um, it was. It actually went... I knew it was going to go down in value and I accepted that. But I felt it was going to be a long-term good investment. And I ran the numbers. It was still cheaper to own than to rent. So on a cash flow basis, I was better off owning. It was a risk because I bought a depreciating asset. But I took the risk and I flipped the apartment multiple times. And now we're in a three bedroom with a family. So it worked out, but I took a risk when I was 23 years old. Um, So that was my decision. But it paid off. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I think, you know, that's the thinking outside of the box that I love my listeners to, to get is that, you know, there's, there's lots of different ways to do things, you know, with personal finance, it's not one size fits all, you know, you have to kind of take the advice and then figure out how it will fit and work for your life, for your lifestyle and what you want your life to look like. But I love stories like that because, you know, you took a risk, it paid off. And even if it didn't pay off, you still would have learned, you know, a million different financial lessons. You got experience in something that you would have never gotten experience in. Um, But it worked out. And that's the amazing part of the story. It did. I mean, you have to be prepared to wait it out. I mean, the apartment did go down in value and I did stay there long enough to do well in that apartment. Um, But it was a risk. But remember, I could afford it. I ran the numbers and I went in with my eyes open. And that's the most important thing. I mean, the overall theme of this is everyone has different situations. Everyone has different values and different goals. But you need to be paying attention because you, if you don't make a proactive decision about your money, the decisions are made for you. Yeah. By default. And you know, it's funny, like everybody always asks me, you know, what is the secret to budgeting? Like, what is the money secret? And I say, you know, really, it's not that much of a secret. You know, you've got two things. You either spend less money or you save more money. Um, there really isn't anything that much more complex about that. So, you know, you talk about going into real estate like eyes wide open. You know, you you're not just led by the emotions of it. You really did some thorough research and figuring out, like, hey, I could afford this. Um, and this is what the numbers look like. And you came at it with a real educated approach, which is great. That's what I'm always telling people to do. You know, it's okay to take a risk, but at least do some sort of background information, you know, know your numbers ahead of time, know what you can afford, you know, cause you, then you don't put yourself in a panic. 
Exactly. And I do want to say it's interesting. Someone um, in the early press about the book did call some of my ideas controversial. Um, I think one of the things that they were referencing was the fact that I really, you know, as a TV reporter, I've done a lot of reporting on corporations. And when times get tough, a lot of them get very busy slashing their costs and cutting back. And that's a way to boost their bottom line. And that is something that people can do. For example, if you're in a pickle and you've lost your job or something, absolutely go cut your costs. You should never be spending more than you should be spending. You know you know your numbers. But at the end of the day, if you want to have financial security and prosperity, you have to focus on the top line. You have to focus on how you can earn more money. And that may be um, having a second job, having a side hustle that can eventually turn into something more lucrative. It may be going back to school and getting more education and doing the math. Can I afford that? How? What's the best way to do it? But you have to focus at the end of the day, on earning more money, more than just cutting, 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 because cutting can only go so far. And also, it's just not a nice way to live, to always be so intensely frugal. So that's my big controversial takeaways. Focus more on the top line. Yeah, and it's it's a lot easier these days. I mean, with with online stuff, there are so many different ways that you can earn extra income. You know, so it, many ways. It's just mind blowing. You know, and I think that so many people get stuck in kind of you know what they do for a living, and they forget that they have all these other talents. They have all these other great skills that could open up a whole new reservoir of funds for them that really could change their life. Absolutely. There's so many different ways. And I do talk about side hustles in here. I mean, even just in the recent years, I mean, you could be doing um, SEO optimization for somebody. You could be designing websites. You could just be um, editing somebody's writing. I mean, I'm thinking about things that are in my world, but there are so many different ways to earn money. People are Uber drivers. Come on. And making pretty good money. <laughs> really good money. Exactly. So there's a lot of ways to do it. I mean, I have a lot of my babysitters do it part-time and they're actresses. I mean, babysitting for New York City rates for uh, babysitters is pretty good money versus waitressing um, or what have you. I mean, dog walking is real good money here in New York City. So there's a lot of ways to boost your income and have a little extra cash. And you know, you could just do that. Just you know, walking dogs one day a week could probably do a lot of damage to that student loan debt. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about um, when is the book come out. How do people get the book? Let's talk about donors choose and, and just tell me a, a little bit about how um, you know the listeners can make sure they get a copy of the book. Absolutely. So the good news is even though the official pub date is October 18th, the book is out. Amazon is shipping. So you can get yours right now, which is really exciting. I can't wait for people to read it. And hopefully, here's my plug, review it and say nice things about Shauna's contribution, of course. Um, I partnered with DonorsChoose.org um, to raise money for classroom projects that are focused on financial literacy. So when you order the book, go to my website to order at BobbyRebell.com and you will see very clearly a red banner that will tell you, click here for full details. But basically all you do is click the buy button, get a, you know, order it, get your receipt, forward us the receipt. The address is DonorsChoose um, at, fin- at, excuse me, DonorsChoose at FinancialGrownUp.com. And But that's all on the website. Just send it to us. We're going to send you a gift code for what you paid for the book, which it's on, it's already on sale. Thank you, Amazon, for $18 down from the... Uh, I think the retail price was $25. bucks. you are already getting a really good discount. So you buy the book for $18. Uh, send us proof that you bought it. You can buy it from anywhere, by the way, not just Amazon. Um, 
and we will send you a gift code. You then go to our page on Donors Choose, which again, you can find right on bobbyrebell.com and pick a teacher project. And these are projects that I picked out with my nine-year-old son, Harry. Um, these are uh, poor school districts. The teachers want to teach their children about money and they don't have the money to buy the supplies that they need. So you go on with your $18 and you can choose a project to support. So donorschoose.org forward slash financial grownup is my website within Donors Choose with those financial literacy projects that Harry and I have picked out. Go on. If you have kids, please have your children participate with you. Get your code. You just pick a project, put in the code, and the teacher will get $18 towards their project. And of course, you're free to contribute more. That would be great as well. And I also want to mention, actually, Shauna, this is very important. I have a co-sponsor who is wonderful. <laughs> he is Elliot Weisbluth. He is the head of Hightower. Um, his story, by the way, is also incredible. Um, he has amplified the program, and we have a lot of gift cards to give away to these teachers. So I really want people to get going, get your books, get your gift codes, and go on donorschoose.org forward slash financial grownup. All the links are at bobbyrebell.com and support these teachers. It's the beginning of the school year. They need this money to get started and teach these kids about money. Yeah. And there is nothing that makes my heart happier than you're going to get an amazing book and you're also going to help uh, a teacher. You're going to help sort of propel this uh, financial literacy. Let's, Let's just knock this all out together and learn something while we're doing it. Exactly. And like I said, you're literally basically getting the book for free just for donating $18 to these teacher projects, which is amazing. So I'm really appreciative for, for Mr. Weisbluth and his his contributions and Hightower as well. I think that was such a generous thing for them to do. And now we just have to give away his money. I, that's the easy part, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. This has been such a great uh, conversation with you, Bobby. I love everything you're doing. I love this book. I was so honored and privileged to be a part of it, even in, you know, the smallest of way. And I just, um, you know, I encourage all the listeners to just go out there, be a part of this, learn something, keep getting yourself educated, um, you know, and, and learn how to be a financial grown up. learn from these experts and pull out, you know, even the smallest little uh, nugget of information and start applying it in your life and start, you know, seeing these positive changes because they can happen. All you have to do is start making these small steps. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Shauna. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value.